Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What? Oh, we are live. I just saw that right now. We are live. Let's go, Ricky Rowe, Bethel Duran, Josh Tolley. We are all here. Thanks to everybody that has been leaving comments on the Let's Go Ricky Rowe Instagram page. Um, make sure you follow it. Those of you guys that are, and ladies that are uh, appreciating what's going on, I see the comments on the Instagram DMs. I was actually telling Josh Tolley about it uh, before the show started. And we do appreciate everything that's going on. I'm Bethel Duran. I conducted ricky romero josh Tolley, and before we get to these guys make sure you guys rate review and subscribe there's a special let's go ricky roll page on itunes and spotify google play all that other stuff leave the comments we i do go through it because i have nothing else to do so i go through every single one of them i appreciate it thanks so much and as i was telling Tolley, we might not be getting the big numbers on youtube yet but the last two episodes have been so good this is what you're going to want to binge. So if you're first time listening to the show, you're a baseball fan looking for something cool to listen to and the stories, this is your show right now. Uh, Ricky, how are you doing? The mic is better. People leaving comments last week. Man, Ricky's, com- Ricky's mic is good, bro. We figured it out. Yeah, no, I'm doing good, man. Just uh, hang in there. Uh, happy birthday to my son, Diego, number oh, two. Oh, yeah. Birthday today, your your son Mateo, sixteen today. Happy yeah. birthday to him too. We have a lot of birthdays today. Um, um, Marnie Starkman out in Toronto too. It's her birthday. Um, so yeah, March thirtieth seems to be a pretty popular day. Other than that, we're doing good. Baby uh, Romero should be here hopefully in the next couple weeks. We'll Ooh. see. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, KTLA tomorrow, eleven thirty-five. PM. Uh, I'm gonna make my TV debut here in LA. That should be fun. So got a quite quite a few things to do uh, here the next uh, couple days. Get ready for the baby. We're just prepping with that. So busy times in the Romero household. Look at him. Josh is looking at me like, oh boy. <laughs> He's not ready. I know Josh. all about that. I know all about that busy household. Um, <laughs> Tony, how many kids do you have? I have three. Oh, Ricky's gonna join you right now. He's not ready. Yeah. Yeah. Two's good yeah. because what they always say, two's good because you have man-to-man. Once you go to three, you got to go zone defense. Zone defense. And <laughs> you have no chance as they get older. No chance. Oh, Farmer Tolly, how you doing? How's the roof? The, the Well, the roof is good. It had to go on pause, come down to the studio, do a little shoot, and then uh, back on the roof right after this. Stop it. Yeah, we had a little wind issue. 
we only have about two feet to work with over the top of the roof. So uh, me and my father-in-law are trying to rig something up and figure out how we're going to do this, but we're going to do it. I'm going to send us pictures that you can post yes. on the Instagram for yes. us. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Last uh, actually, I'll, I'll take a bunch of pictures today, and when I, I think we should share them. It's time to share them with the people. Yeah, and, give them what they want. And what's going to happen, Ricky? As, as I'm learning about uh, our good friend Josh Tully, because he has no cell phone service in upstate New York, <laughs> that when you text him on a Monday, you might get a response on a Thursday, and it's yeah, not because he's ignoring you. It's just the dude has no service. I love it. Funny because I've texted you a few times, but when I'm like. Um, is Josh all right? He's like, dude, remember, he has no service. <laughs> hey, Josh, it, go, it goes out this, often. This is a quick, funny story about upstate New York. This is how much I knew about it. And this is how sheltered I was being a SoCal boy and just knowing Southern California. When I was drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays, I got sent to Auburn to short season. Yep. And when the driver picked me up from Syracuse Airport, <laughs> I asked him where Auburn University was at. <laughs> Somewhere down that way. Oh, my God. Oh, Ricky. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's all right. That, hey, that yes. happens. That story, that, that, it, that story has been told many times. It never gets old. Where because I can imagine a young Ricky looking for, hey, so is Bo Jackson around here? Is uh, Charles oh, Barkley around I was, here? I was like, man, I'm going to a straight college town. This is going to be <laughs> awesome. Yep. Bro, halfway, halfway to the trip, to the trip, I was like, God, do you, people really come to school all the way over here? <laughs> and I was There's like, nothing here. There's nothing here. <laughs> it's it's June and it's still snowing. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it oh, was, that's it great. Was, it was funny as shit because the driver looked at me and he's like, nah, that's son, <laughs> you're in the wrong place. Well, that was uh, the first time I went to upstate New York. I did a fight at a uh, turning stone. Um, yeah. Uh, we fly into Syracuse and all I kept thinking was it was in winter. Oh, actually, no, it was uh, March or something like that. It was cold as hell. And I'm thinking Syracuse University is one of the best programs for broadcasters. So if you go to Syracuse, you're and you're going to end up being one of the best broadcasters out there. Like you, who's who went out there? I kept thinking, who the hell would want to come out here? It's March, and I'm not in shorts. It is freezing. It's in the middle of nowhere. And the guy, my driver, was like, "Wow, so you're in LA? Yo, Syracuse is a compares nothing to LA." I'm like, if I have a chance to go to USC or Syracuse, I'm not going to Syracuse. And then the guy tells yeah. me, yeah, it's a big city around here. Like, that's the big city? No, yep. yeah. there's no need for that. Big no. city. You know, that's our big city. Guys, I'm going to do you one better here. April 1st is Thursday, right? April. Three to six inches of snow coming. No. <laughs> no joke. I just saw it this morning. And we, Ricky I, was I asking about playing golf on Thursday. <laughs> nice. Don't rub it in, dude. Yeah, He's waiting to go on. He's he's waiting for his whiskey package. Let's go. It's been sent. It's been sent. Um, no, so I remember sitting on my porch waiting. I remember spending a month in Syracuse because that's where the AAA was for the Toronto Blue Jays when I first got um, called up to AAA, and I joined there. And the thing to do, I kid you not, was to go to the mall. They have a humongous mall there, and I just pretty much go every other day and go hang out, walk around. I'm a shoe guy, so I'd always go check out shoes and. See if anything new was popping uh, at Foot Locker, just for shoes. 
But other than that, it was uh, there wasn't much to do. You just go to the ballpark. Actually, Syracuse ballpark. They um, it was old on the outside, but those playing surfaces were so nice. They kept them really, really nice there. Um, and you played there, right, Josh? Yeah. Yep. Remember, I... rem- remember the super fan. You a suspect. Yeah. You a suspect. <laughs> the, the guy that sat behind the dugout. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he would ride us so hard. What would so he do? Hard, he? He, he was just a regular fan. Yeah. There's there's a, a there's a backstory. Yeah. There's a oh, backstory to this. No, there's a backstory to it. I I think um, this guy. I I don't know the exact specifics, but I think he had gotten some trouble with the law or something. Yeah. And then, I it was like very petty crimes. Maybe he did a little bit of time. I, I'm not sure about all of that, but he ended up like picking himself up, being just cleaning it up, and now he's a like a lifetime season ticket holder um, at the games, or he was at the time. And the, he would just I, talk trash to you guys. Oh, the whole but game. never, never in a disrespectful game way. Right. That the stadium wasn't very full, so you could lit- you could hear everything he was saying. If you were on the opposing team, you're. He, he knew he knew everything about you. He'd be like, "You went from prospect to a suspect, to a suspect," <laughs> and you hear it all. And he would ride you. He he'd be like, "What?" Well, I came in as a visiting player with Buffalo one year, and the whole time, Romero, Romero, are you gonna throw strikes today? And I'm like, "God damn it!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's those kind yeah. of guys around the minors right i've heard yeah, yeah. different stories where or you either have guys like that or you'll have like uh, uh somebody who knows everything about you that comes out they do their research but they're so die hard like and you said it, ricky you can hear everything that they're saying but that's kind of teaching you to get ready for the big leagues too right like to, to well yeah up. i mean it, it, it's fun because it's almost like you grow to you spend a few when we were uh um, Buffalo Syracuse, you play each other a lot, so you kind. Of, and I knew him from before, so it's almost like you grow like a bit of a relationship with them. Because when you see him off the field, he's he's asking you for a picture and like saying like, "Hey man, like how are you?" And he always says, "said hello." That guy in Syracuse, in Buffalo, when we were in Buffalo, we had a guy who his name is Mark and Josh. Hey. You know him too, yeah, hey. he, yeah. He was uh, blind, right? Legally blind, yeah. Couldn't yeah. see the game, so he'd carry a radio, Beto. He'd carry a radio and would just listen to the game the whole time. And if he threw inside on a on a Buffalo player, he would lose his shit. Like, literally, <laughs> he wanted to jump into their dugout to go fight fight the whole dugout. Come on! Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was... Hey, it, my, my stints in Buffalo, I've seen him, like, try to fight the other team, hell, probably three or four times a season, at least. Yeah. Yeah, he what? used to. He used to. A my first year there. Oh no, maybe it was my second stint there in thirteen. He used to call Marty Brown, and uh, try to give Marty the lineup for the night. <laughs> <laughs> and he would Mark's pound beer. The crazy thing is, he had beer. beer in his hand all yeah, the time. He would be, yeah, he'd be boxed by the sixth inning. Yeah. What? And yeah. he would carry that radio, and and the people in Buffalo were so nice. Um, they would like help him as he had a seat for him. He had the jersey. He had a a helmet just in case a foul ball came, obviously. Um, he had it all, and he would carry this radio, and he would just listen to the game. And if 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 there was a fastball inside, if you bust somebody's power, he'd be like, hey, hey. And he'd start pointing, and, and yeah. he wanted he would act like he was going to jump into the dugout and, and fight everyone. Now, yeah. if you're seeing this for the first time and you don't know, 
How do you react to this? You, I, there was always, for me, there was always a, like a veteran guy or somebody that would say, hey, like, watch out for this guy. It's, okay. it's, it's and I just, you know, don't take it personal type thing, you know, and, uh, and you just kind of went about it like that. But it was the other you, team. You know, no, I was just oh. about to say the other team would egg him on. I felt like yeah. Once guys yeah. that guys that would come through. He would he would go around. Hey, you stink! Hey, you stink! And the guys would just wear him out, and he would wear the players out. It it was an awesome banter. And I think, like to your point, Beto, like that's what the minor leagues. That's what these kids are missing because there is a development process that that helps you with that, but. But this is an experience that, I mean, we're sitting here, Ricky, how, how many years ago was that? And we're still telling the same stories, you know? Yeah, it's like yeah. he, he made a mark, and he's still there, which is awesome. Ricky, and I, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how the minors is now. I don't, I don't even know how it is now. But when we were coming up, Josh, you remember all the, the shows that used to happen in between innings. You know, remember, yeah. remember Myron Noodleman? Um, Myron Noodleman was, like, died. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. So this was all the entertainment, Beto, that, that oh, they used okay. to have in minor league ballparks. And they would hire these guys. These guys would make bank off, like, these minor league teams. And they would come yeah. in and do a, a certain show that they had and keep the fan, like, the fan base engaged. And it was mostly at stadiums that were always packed or something where, you know, you, you, you would get the crowd going. They, there was a guy who would walk around with the village people, like um, – um, like dolls and he would do this whole dance this ymca dance um there was a guy who would uh there was another guy who would do something else the the umpire one where they would dress up as an umpire superstars superstars those that was a really good one too i mean it was i don't know how if it is if it's like that anymore or if they're just like straight baseball baseball and not really it's it's like in uh in bull durham you had the 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 same thing Uh, yeah so it's like NBA, you would have it at halftime where they come in and they do those kind of shows, right? So in the minors, in they have it? In, in between, between inning. Really? Yeah. 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 It was like, it was like, it was, it was different because obviously in college baseball for myself, I never saw that. So when you go to the minor leagues, you're like, wow, this is like really a show. Like you're really entertaining people here to, to make sure they have a good time. And it's up to the GM of the team because a lot of those teams don't belong to the organization. They have nothing to do with the organization. They just they're 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 affiliated with them, and and you just that was Myron Noodleman right there. <laughs> yes, that was Myron Noodleman. He would come yeah. out with um, on the showing the picture on on YouTube. He would come out with a huge glove and like bow tie and like nerd looking apparel, and he would just what yeah. was he? Okay, the minor leagues, and there's guys that make careers doing that all yeah. over the place. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like in the NBA, they have a. a Red Panda, where she throws the bowls on top of her head on on a unicycle or yeah. a quick change, all that kind of stuff. The miners, right? Wait, in the miners, don't you guys like milk cows in certain cities? It's like <laughs> <laughs> I had never played in. You never in, I, I, I Okay, because I've seen they have like a cow milking contest, like in the mid in the Midwest League, or they'll have like the four H Club night or something like that. Yeah, I think they did it in um, Iowa one year. I, I was going through Iowa, and it was like the Iowa State Fair, and they were doing those type of things. Mutton busting, the whole thing. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, though. There's nothing, nothing. And um, Anthony of, so- of of Orange County brings up a good point here on the chat. If oh. you play in Mexico, Josh, 
Chango Cerote. My goodness, bro. Oh, my God. Carl went to a game there. Carl went to my wife. She went to a game there the first for the first time, and she's like, oh, my God. Like, does he really do all this stuff? Like, I'm telling you, he's on the field all nine innings. He stands on the line. He does this show. He he does a lot of stuff that would not fly here in the oh, United States. Oh, no. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And he's he is like – it's it's in entertainment and people love him. He crowd serves the crowd and it, and TJ when, we, when I was playing there, you sell out the, the the stadium sold out every game, every home game sold out. Um, it's like a dollar a beer, and I'm not even talking like a like a like a little beer. It's no, like a, a thirty two like ounce, thirty two ounce. Yeah, and they start like wow. four o'clock, five o'clock. It's it's when they start letting people in and you start drinking and. The game ends. You get three hours of, of uh, music playing, and uh, the they call them cubeteros. They're the ones with the with the with the buckets carrying them full of beer, just going around serving people. Dude, it's it's it, it's crazy down there. But Chango Cerote, the mascot there in TJ, crazy. They He's have, crazy in Tijuana. They have mascots on the field the entire game, and I'm showing the picture right now. He is a monkey, and uh, they also a have monkey. a bull and. The sexual innuendo from this guy is just wow. There is no family entertainment from this guy. He is dancing provocative, and he's in umpires' faces. And Tolly's face right now is like, oh really? my god! Yeah. He's hey, Josh, he, he, when I was there, he got thrown out of a game. Wait, he he's he's on the field yelling at the umpire and the opposing players. Yes, he'll do like funny things to the opposing players. Like if if they go like get a foul ball, he'll come and like like hump them or something, you know, or like do some, like, but everyone knows him though. Everyone plays it well. Everyone's like pretty funny about it. Like everyone takes it well. Like, but he just does like weird, like crazy, like stuff that you're just like, wow, this, yeah. this is, this is a straight entertainment here. And like I said, people love him. If he gets a foul ball, he'll throw it out of the stadium. Um, <laughs> he does a bunch of stuff. Uh, my oldest Sebastian was scared shitless of him. Like well, I, would, I would be too. <laughs> Terrified of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and that's the mascot. As uh, Jesse Rain also Jess Ray says, I've only been once, and it was the best experience of my be- best baseball experience of my life. It's just I can only imagine totally playing in Tijuana. Man, imagine that, Ricky. guys. I got it playing right here. I'm gonna check this out real quick. All right, go ahead. Oh, totally went in YouTube jungle. <laughs> oh, dude, it's it's awesome, man. It's awesome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Mexico was a different experience, man. It was honestly, I was only there for a month and a half, and it was like such a cool, I'm glad I did it experience. Like, I was towards the end of my career. Obviously, it was it on the field, it wasn't going how I wanted it to, but I'm glad I experienced that because it was, I wish I would have played in Winter Ball. Right. I was going to say, Ricky, what do you think the difference between that and Winter Ball is? I, I think they say Winter Ball is 100 times better. So, I, I mean, I had the winter ball experience, but I, I like a little bit when you're playing in that environment. I love the you, – you feel like you want to go to the ballpark and play every day. That's how I felt in winter ball. And I feel like with that kind of atmosphere and that kind of energy, you would want to do the same thing. And that's why, I mean, you could call independent ball what you want. I mean, some people will, will knock it. But when I played independent ball, it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. You went there for one reason, to win ball games. And some of the ballparks would fill out, and 
it was it was still where, competitive baseball. It, it was, where did you it was play great. Winter ball? Where did I play winter ball? Mm-hmm. Venezuela. Oh my! I heard that's crazy. That's crazy. Now that that is that was other than being in the playoffs in the major leagues. That is the most intense. That's the craziest baseball I've ever been part of. Who'd you? Play I with? heard. Yeah, who'd oh, you play ahead, where? Caracas. Oof. Yeah, legendary at, team. Yeah, yeah. At what point in your career were you there? Were you still a prospect, or are you already a big leaguer? Yeah, I was. Um, I had just spent one month in the big leagues, so it was two thousand nine. And they sent you down there to Caracas. Oh, we got you know we got to look this up right here. This is what I heard, and I've had a few yeah. a few friends. And obviously, you 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 played there, but I've heard that playoffs there. It, the last thing you want to do is make an error. Like you play with. Like it's nerve wracking. You do not want to be the guy that messes up. But then again, if you're the hero, I, you're a legend there forever. I feel like. So yeah, that's definitely how it is. And Ricky, it's not even just the playoffs. I mean, they they can't. You do. You go zero for eight for over two days. There's a shot you're going to get released. Wow. Yeah. Totally, especially as an American. Totally, you went in raked, bro. Three eighty one. Uh, yeah, 28 man, RBIs, three no, homers, there. 16, there. 16 doubles, 44 games. You were there the whole season, raking wow. totally. Look at yep. you, mijo. Yep, that's right. Then it was the last time I ever hit. No. <laughs> <laughs> I used you all my that, hits in Venezuela. You know why I say that uh, it's nerve-wracking? I heard Edwin Encarnacion talk about it one time. This is a D- Dominican. He's like, when you play a uh, Aguilas Lise um, game, he's like the loudest, most intense game I've ever played in my life. And he's like, I've been to the playoffs. I've, I've here in the MLB. I've done it all. I've done all that stuff. There's nothing like a playoff game between Lise and um, whoever the Aguilas t- uh, game in the Dominican. He's like, it's crazy. Dude, it's insane. I mean, winter ball is an awesome experience. I, I tell kids all the time. I know Venezuela is kind of out of the question, but I tell kids all the time, younger kids, they say, you get an experience, go to the Dominican, go do it. You're, you'll never regret it. It'll it'll speed up your process of uh, development, I think, personally. It's way better than going to playing in double A around like in the United States. As uh, Ace of SoCal, thanks for watching, Anthony. By the way, appreciate you joining us. Uh, Tolly is on the 100 peso bill down there. Tolly <laughs> left an impression. Well, that's just... Well, that's kind of how it is. It's a Belibre there, uh, Anthony, of Orange County, but not a peso. But that's okay. They they have a, and let me tell you, 100 Belibres in Venezuela is like eight cents. Oh, see, he's, he's downplaying you a little bit. All right, totally. I'm looking at the roster here. There was a bunch of big leaguers on the team that year. Yeah. Who do you play with? Name them. Uh, Jordan Brown. Uh, Jose Castillo, yeah. all, these are all big leaguers. Uh, Matt Gamel, Chris Jimenez, Marwin Gonzalez, Jesus Gomez, John Jay, Josh Kroger, Jose Lobaton, Carlos Maldonado, Ivan Ochoa, Hernan Perez, Gregorio Pettit, Justin Ruggiano, Rusty Real, Josh Tolley, all guys who were in Dude, the Dude, you guys had a squad. We were nasty. Uh, I, 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 dude, is it true? Is it true, Josh? And this is, I know. Um, Josh Kroger through Sergio Santos. I heard he's a legend over there. They call him La Pesadilla. The nightmare. <laughs> the nightmare. Hey, he is a legend. I mean, 
I raked, but this guy, he got hits, make diving plays, just did everything. He, and the fans would, were going bananas for this guy. Rightfully uh, so. Yeah. He did it for like four. He did it for like four or five straight years too. Yeah, pitchers. You had Gustavo and Julius Chassin. Yeah, uh, Armando wow. Barraga. Uh, wow. What are the names? Franklin Morales. Yep. Uh, wow. Yeah, you had some guys down there. So I'm looking at this. Totally, you're 22 years old in Venezuela, a kid from a small town in Indiana, and you're down there. How did you end up there, and how scared were you going there initially? Um, I was initially scared. I ended up there because uh, leading into the double-A season that year in 2009, I had met Nivas Hernandez, who was the general manager for the team. He came to spring training, and they were looking for catchers. I was a prospect at the time, and I, I committed to play. Well, we, we reconnected us, call it maybe June or July, set my salary, and then I said, if I go to the big leagues, I want this much more money. No problem. Done deal. Well, I got to the big leagues, and then I just ended up going down there. I, I was initially scared when I, uh, w when I was kind of packing up, getting ready to go. But once you get there, you, I felt super safe. They gave us all security guards. We each had our own little security entourage. There was no uh, no real like intimate danger, um, but I will say this: I went to um, I went I, I flew home for a wedding in North Carolina, and I was sitting in the airport, and there was some unrest amongst the government and the citizens, and I was I had to wait to get cleared by Major League Baseball to go fly back there. What? Yeah. Uh, Rick, didn't Sanabia play in Venezuela too? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. He he had he had a good career there, I believe. Um, they said it's one of those things where it can make a lot of careers and it can help a lot of careers. And like like Josh said, it it can possibly speed up the process for you. I mean, those are grown ass men playing um, yeah. winter ball there, and it's 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 a win now thing. Like you can't go on a two, three, but four game losing streak. Heard it's just unacceptable you you got to produce as soon as you get there especially if you're an import um they yeah. pay, they pay they pay a lot of money for you you lose three in a row the manager is gone for sure <laughs> oh, <snap. laughs> you guys hey, actually uh, came in first you guys won yeah we won oh what wow you, what do you get like uh what happens is there a party i don't know no there was no party i ended up coming back home it was like right around uh christmas time Oh yeah, you probably you didn't say till the end. I left. Uh, yeah, I stayed till the end of the season. Then I did not go to the Caribbean World Series with them. Oh, where was it yeah. at? I uh, I, I want to say Puerto Rico, maybe that year for some reason. I just couldn't. I I I um. No, I guess I stayed through. You're right, Ricky. Actually, I they might there might have been a party because I stayed through the regular season. And then I didn't come back for the playoffs because it was just I, I had played I'd been playing from February really February it was big league camp on straight through catching I was only supposed to play once or twice a week when I got to winter ball then I started raking and then I was playing six days a week yeah playing every day yeah and then uh, so then you get into a spot where I, I just needed I needed a month to just take a break because I was going to compete for a job um, yeah. in the big leagues. That's actually a good question that uh, uh, 
what's it called Ruben Polanco brings up how hard is it for a team in the bigs to let you play winter ball like Ricky you weren't allowed to right yeah they technically can't tell you hey you can't go play but they kind of do like for me I was coming off being a, a high draft pick at the time and the last thing they want they want you fresh for spring training they don't want you going over there getting hurt I asked I, I remember after my rookie year and this is regret not taking this trip I was I was they invited me I was part of the before they used to do the MLB all-stars that would go to Japan I got asked to be part of the team for my rookie year and it was just more because they need pitchers. It wasn't because I was something special at the time or anything like that. But it, when you look at the roster, it was like David Ortiz and, and big teams like that would go over there and play in, 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 in Japan. And I remember they were like, well, you know, you got done with the rookie year. I threw, I don't know, 160 innings maybe. And they're like, the last thing you would do is go there and, and get hurt. So I didn't do it. regret not doing it because it would have been a special thing. Um, but I never really consider it. I mean, at the time in 09, 10, 11, 12, I was throwing close to 200 or something that they were like, no, you're not going over yeah, And in the middle of a contract, like, why would I, why would I do that? Yeah. Well, um, it's interesting. Ricky, it, uh, Rick, yeah, uh you're cutting in and out. Why don't you hang up and then reconnect with us so we can get a clean feed from you. Uh, right. go ahead, Tony, what are you going to say? No, I, to Ruben's question, it's interesting now because there's a lot of guys that don't even want to uh, don't even want to go play winter ball. They were in the era, Ruben, of this like uh, we need do less, less is more, right? Mm. And unfortunately, that's it's they're selling that to these young prospect kids, and they're losing out on this opportunity because well, the less we play, the fresher we're going to be. Yeah, but the more you play, the better player you're going to be. That's how I feel about it. Like injuries are going to happen. You can get hit walking across the street. Don't don't tell me you it's wear and tear on your body. You're 21, 22 years old, and that's how it used to be treated with us. I mean, the Mets were were the driving force behind me playing winter ball, and they said this is going to jump your your development big time. And and, and I I have to say I credit Omar Minaya, Tony Bernazar, that group of pushing me to do winter ball. There it is. All right, Ricky is back. Uh, let me get there. Tolly, let me ask you this, though. As a catcher, 22-year-old gringo from Indiana, you go down to Venezuela, everybody's speaking Spanish, you're now the foreigner. How much did it help you understand and appreciate the Latin ball player experience, especially as a catcher, because you got to deal with a bunch of different personalities that are pitchers? Yeah, that was uh, that was pro that was definitely much more of a challenge as far as communicating. Now we had older pitchers on our team that spoke decent English. We could communicate, but I would say there's two there's two major factors that really played a role in this. And I'm going to mention these guys again. And I know there's probably some uh, so, some people think differently of Tony Bernazar, but Tony Bernazar was a guy who was assistant GM for the Mets at the time, and he ran the minor leagues and he pushed on us. From the minute I got drafted up to learn Spanish, I took Spanish classes. They, they gave us free Spanish classes just like they do English classes to the Latin players. And I, I did it because I, I didn't want that to be a determining factor of not getting to the big leagues. And because I did that, I knew enough words to help me to be able to communicate. And um, 
and the guys are great when, and I know you guys know this, but if there's an effort, if there's an effort being put forth of trying to speak Spanish, that's, that's all they want. They'll, they'll help navigate uh, what you're trying to say. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, and it's uh, uh, to add to that, Josh, what, what did, uh, um, when you, oh, you know, there's, there's Diego. Can the birthday boy is here. <laughs> Happy birthday, Diego. <laughs> what um how much did it help you appreciate the latin i mean uh josh sorry i'm a little rattled right now. no it did it uh it helped a lot i mean that that's where i really took on to that and and i i must say this guys prior to that in 2007 i went to the old uh mets complex in nigua in the dominican republic and I spent a month there. So I, I had a little bit of groundwork kind of, was it? Yeah, 07. I had a little bit of groundwork leading up to it. So it wasn't like this was something completely foreign to me. But you do. You adjust. You adjust how you eat. I, I tell you, the biggest thing that I learned is not to complain about somebody's culture. Just fit in with their culture. And that's yeah. and, and we see it too often now where it's like, well, I don't like that. Well, I don't want to do that because that's not what I do. Well, let me tell you, that's how you survive there. You just freaking figured it out. Yeah, and I, and I say that because it, it I, I feel like, and this is me because I was on both sides of the spectrum. I, would, I could speak Spanish perfectly, can hang out with the Latin crew, can can be on the other side speaking English perfectly. And a lot of times I was the one saying, hey, like, this is what they want you to do. Don't take it too hard. Or explaining to the American side, like, hey, like, this is why they do stuff like this. These guys live life, as you know it, Josh. They're the life of a clubhouse. Music is their life. They're happy to be there. And there's yep. something about understanding that, that that it's just like these guys are upbeat. They, they, they like to be like, you know, ha they're happy. They're happy from where they come from to be in the United States, getting to reach their dream or being close to reaching their dream. I always told myself like or told guys you have to be able to understand their culture and where they're coming from they're not trying to be obnoxious or loud or trying to get on your nerves but at the same time to the latino guys i was always like hey like listen this is why sometimes these guys these guys react the way they react because they yeah. you know and I, I always try to be the median guy and, and 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 help guys out and help them understand and i think at times i did a pretty good job at it but there was always a <laughs> well yeah, and, and I, that is true. And, and so many guys take it so personal in clubhouses when it mm -hmm. comes to, like you said, the loud music is always the kind of the driving factor of the friction between the American guys and the Latin players. The is that what day. it is? Is the music? Oh, no doubt. It's so, I mean, they, they boom it. And I love it. That's Hey, you're right, Ricky, and I'll be honest with you. That's probably where I picked it up, where it didn't bother me because it's their clubhouse. You just did it, and I got used to it. I actually, hey, I'll tell you guys this. In 2010, I walked out and uh, rest his soul, um, Alacha. Okay, I'm drawing a blank now. Uh, shortstop, Jose Castillo. He walked out. He walked, his nickname was Alacha, and he walked out to the song Alacha. And in 2010, I, I got optioned to Buffalo, and I walked out to the same song. I thought it was cool. <laughs> Well, Ricky, yeah, who, was, I mean, it, uh, Rick, who was the team, uh, your buddy, that was in the Dominican where they're having these elaborate celebrations of the clubhouse you're posting on Instagram? Oh, um, Bonnie. It, it was, Bonnie. It was, 
Yeah, it was all these teams. Vladdy, yeah, Vladdy was one of them. And uh, he was an Escogido, and then there was other teams doing it um, in other teams. Yeah, I think it turned into, like, a little competition because I think Lisey was doing it in their clubhouse. And, yeah, it just turned into who can do the funniest uh, skit almost. Yeah, no, I sorry, Ricky, I, I, I think you misunderstood me. I said uh, Bonifacio. Oh, Bonnie, yeah, yeah, Bonnie. yeah, yeah. He was like the yeah. ringleader of it. I, I yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw some of those videos. I, but hey, that right there speaks volumes as to the energy and the fun that they have playing versus yeah. just punching the time card. Punch the time card. Like, come on, let's go. Let's enjoy ourselves while we're here. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think that's why when American guys or um, English only speaking players go over there, they're like, wow. They come back and they're like more appreciative of like the baseball that's played out there, the passion that they have. And when they come yep. back, they're like, I understand why now. Yeah. And I understand what, what it means to them. And it means a lot, you know, to the Latino culture. Yeah. 35 minutes into the podcast, and we haven't even got into what we wanted to talk about today. Because this is the kind of flow that we got where it's organic. It's a real conversation. It's not forced. And that's why um, the podcast is here for you guys every Tuesday live on YouTube. We see the questions coming in. Appreciate that also. And also on iTunes and on Spotify, Google Play, all that other stuff. So if you're listening only, uh, like our good friend Danny Zamora, who's out there working uh, uh, his landscaping business, he's like, I can't watch you guys on YouTube because I'm listening to you while I'm working, uh, putting all these crazy <laughs> designs. Appreciate you also. But if you want to go back and watch on YouTube, we, that's also great. And you never know who might pop up because Tolly's in his fancy radio studio. I'm in my fancy garage. Ricky's in uh, one of his mansions with kids running all over the place, uh, all that other stuff. Now, it, it, it's end of March. Uh, Dodgers and Angels back home in L.A. for the freeway series. It's the end of spring training. And now rosters, roster spots are being determined for the last couple spots. You guys have been there before. This week, what's it like in the clubhouse when you know that that guy should make the team, but he might not because he's out of options or he is? Like the business side, you guys have both been there. What's it like? I'll start with you, Ricky. It's if you're the bubble guy, if you're the 24th, 25th guy, if you're the last guy fighting for a spot in that bullpen, the rotation's pretty much set usually by now. Although for me, my rookie year, it wasn't set. I was still fighting for that fifth spot. So it was uh, nerve-wracking. It, it's nerve-wracking because you start seeing – I think we touched on it earlier in a f- uh, few episodes ago with, with Josh. You start seeing the, the, the luggage bags with name tags on it, but you don't see your name tag on there. <laughs> and you start wondering, like, okay, like, when is this is this gonna happen? I know I'm the bubble guy. This I'm talking this in 09, 10, 11, 12. I was pretty much on the team, so you kind of knew when you got your luggage early, and you're just like, oh yeah, I get to pack, and I know what I gotta do. I know where I gotta ship my car to. I know where I gotta ship my bags to. All that good stuff. 09, I'm sitting there, and it's like, okay, did I make the team? That I didn't. Did I not make the team? Um, I started off slow, but I've had a good camp ever since I started slow. And then next thing you know, you get called into the office and. I was told that I made the team, but for other guys, it's, um, you know, Josh would be able to touch on this a little bit about what it's like to be a bubble guy, because I feel like he's been there. He's, he's kind of been in that bubble of either going to the big leagues or going to triple a, um, I was optioned down in 13. Josh was there for it. I believe. Yeah. He was there for it. And I was supposed to be one of the guys in that rotation. So that was tough. Um, I was going through some struggles and, 
being option. I mean, I never expected it as far as like, you know, being in the middle of a contract and having been established myself, I was coming off a tough year in 2012 and I just couldn't get going in 13 and everything kind of fell apart there. But, um, you know, being that, that, that guy fighting for a rotation spot is it's, it's, it's tough because you don't know where to ship your stuff to usually they have these big trucks in spring training. Um, obviously the Toronto Blue Jays won't have that luxury now because they got to play in, in Florida to start off the season, but um, they would have these trucks and you put your luggage in there and they're like, okay, all, or all your belongings. And they just ship them to you straight to the clubhouse in Toronto. I couldn't do that in online because I was sitting there waiting like, okay, what, what's going to happen? And, and next thing you know, like a day before or two days before we're going to break camp. You get to, I got told that I meant to think. Yeah. And I think you, I mean, you nailed it, Ricky. The, the one thing that I learned at a young age was never to play general manager. Mm. If you think you're going to try to figure out the roster, you're wrong. You're going to, they're going to do the opposite. There was, um, a couple times in my career, I, I had an inkling as to what was going on. For example, 2010, Terry Collins laid it out for me. He said, here's the deal, JT. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what needs to happen for you to make this team. Now, my other few years in Toronto, uh, 13 and 15, were, were both uh, kind of different. I mean, I, I got traded. I signed a major league contract. I did have two minor league options left, and – it really came down to if JP could catch RA and they felt confident, they felt confident with it, but they didn't make that decision until really late in camp because I was on a major league deal. So they were paying me regardless of where I was. So they could keep me in camp for the whole time. And then in 15, Eric Kratz was the guy that they wanted to replace me with. And that came down to a freaking catch off on the backfield. RA Dickey, eight innings, Four innings for Kratz. He left to go to his sister's wedding. I came in, caught the next four innings, and I just said, "Well, I guess what is it? Whoever catches more pitches, or what? What's the, what's the story?" But anyhow, I wait, wait, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't just say anyhow about this. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is a catch-off? Like, well, I don't know. I just made it up, Beto, but that's what it felt like. It like, was like I. I got called in. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this as a, as a fan right now. This is a professional organization that has watched you every single day for a couple months, and they can't make up their mind. And you there, knowing that, and you said it felt like a catch-off. Not that it was an official one, but it felt like that. Aren't you kind of like, what the fuck, man? I've done this all year. Yeah. You guys know who I am. Why are we in the backfield doing this how about some respect here yeah so two things let me correct myself 15 i got option down it was pretty black and white that's after the after russell martin deonna navarro i knew i was the odd guy out yeah. this was 16 this was 2016 when effectively they could have released me or i don't know what they could have done but anyways it came down to this catch-off and i went into gibby's office and i asked him i said gibby what what is well, first off, I walk into Gibby's office and him and Jimmy Leland are sitting in there BSing, which was pretty cool because Gibby invited me in. And I, I sat down, Jimmy Leland smoking a cigarette in Gibby's office while we're sitting there and Jimmy Leland's telling stories, which was that that awesome. fired me up. But then I, I just asked Gibby, I said, Gibby, what's the deal? I mean, it's two days and it's different. Ricky, I'd say the same thing. Like when you have a family and they're traveling with you, you don't know where to send them. Nobody knows what to do. So I asked him, I said, hey. You know, my, my wife and the kids want to come up and uh, to wherever I am, but I, I need some 
need some guidance here. It was two days left in camp. He said, all right, well, tomorrow you're going to catch R.A. on the backfield, and uh, you, you and Kratzy are. I said, okay, what does that mean? He said, well, I guess it's going to be the great American catch-off. Kratzy for, <laughs> for four innings. Kratzy for four innings and you for four innings. I said, Gibby, I've been catching this thing since 2010. I said, we can maybe pull up some video. I, I've i never had a problem handling the thing, but now all of a sudden I guess I am. I, well, I don't know what's going on, you know. But it, it was that piece of it that kind of left me hanging that was like, I mean, everything felt stressful, super stressful. And it's I, uh, you, you feel like every at-bat counts, every catch counts. It, it was just, it was exhausting. It's a damn business. It, it's a business. And this is where I always tell people, like fans, I'm like, it's a business. Don't take it personal when guys leave. You guys do not know and have no idea what happens behind closed doors. Behind, like, let's say Joshua had been there for with the Toronto Blue Jays at the time for, for eight, nine years, and he was a fan favorite. He was doing great, yada, yada, yada. And then he decides to leave. And people always tend to turn on the player. Oh, he's not loyal, yada, yada, yada. You guys don't know what happens behind closed doors. And there's a lot of bullshit sometimes that goes on. And that's why yeah. sometimes the guys end up leaving. And it's just pretty simple. And it's, it's it's a business. And as soon as as a player, you learn that side of it, you're like, okay, I can't take anything to heart. Because the moment this team wants, they can cut me, they can release me, boom, they're done with me. I'm, I'm no good to them. So yeah, uh, you see a lot of this stuff happen and, and you do see a lot of bullshit like that where it's like and the, the, the craziest thing is it's always a oh I don't have an answer for you. Uh yeah, I, I don't have the answer to that. Everyone knows. I feel like everyone yeah. has an inside. Like managers and GMs meet after probably every practice and I'm sure they're sitting there talking about the roster, how it's gonna look, how we should shape it up, yada yada. They always know, but to keep it fair to the to the 26 27th guy they're like well we don't know yet we don't know yet we don't know yeah. yet and then they till the end you got like josh said he had a family i didn't so it was easy for me to just pack up and move wherever it was but yeah you don't know where your family is going to be at you kind of want to know where to be situated where to start looking for an apartment and that's the thing uh, the guys that are established when you're playing for the toronto blue jays or any other team you have you when you know you're established, you look up the apartment. You start looking at apartments, what, early in spring, right, Josh? You start thinking, like, yeah. okay, this I got to start looking to see where I'm going to live during season. When you're the bubble guy, you don't even have a lease. Sometimes all the apartments are sold out. You get two, three days at the hotel when you go into the city, and then it's like, okay, go find your place to live. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. It's, Damn. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, you have to be prepared going into a city or it makes the – the opening day and the first week of being at home a freaking a nightmare because you are your your hotel hopping you're maybe staying at a corporate apartment for four days and you're back to a hotel it's just it's nice to feel settled and I've I've said this and I don't know if I've said this on this show but like I believe that the more transparent you can be with guys as an organization just be blunt and upfront and say hey if an injury happens. This is all subject to change. But listen, you're going to be our starting catcher. It's black and white. No no qualms about it. It's It, it, it puts an ease for, on guys' mind. I mean, the more guys that know they're going to make the team, the better off you are. It's a- Josh, where, where did you live? This is probably not, not off topic, but where did you live in New York? And is it tough to find a place to oh, live in yeah. New York? 
Uh, I lived on the Upper East Side of Manhattan for all all of my all, all of my stays with the Mets, and it was it was not that hard. It just was, I mean it, it cost a bunch of money. I mean it was we had uh, the team did a, a typical, good job. What's a typical monthly? If you're looking for a not to go crazy penthouse suite, but like a normal rent day, like what's what's a monthly rent there? Two two bed, two bed, one bath. 918 square feet and then you have to rent the furniture okay. and then get your cable and all that jazz because you had to get cable back then at the time and we didn't have like the rokus and then that was right around five grand <gasps> and, then you had to, and then you had to pay six hundred dollars a month to park your car in the parking garage oh. no way yeah. <laughs> well was- i guess i guess I guess it's pretty similar to Toronto then, except Toronto. It's not that far off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toronto was, yeah, I think my last year I was living in a place that was like 7,500 a month. Oh, yeah, the my thing, God. Yeah. The thing about the, 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 the thing about in Toronto is you could leave your car in the parking garage and you just walked everywhere, right? Walk everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most part, everything was in walking and, distance. And I feel like the cool thing about Toronto too is a lot of those places come with all the amenities. With uh, the cable, with um, utilities paid for, yes, you yep. you just move in and it, it's it almost feels like you're staying at a whole like a nicer hotel, you know. They yeah. uh, one hotel or one place I stayed at, they would have a um, maid service like once a week. They would come and clean your your, your apartment up, and I was young, single, and a, a mess. I would leave a mess sometimes, <laughs> or, or not even a mess, just like the bed. I never did my bed. You know, I'd get up, go. Boom, let's go play. There's you're in your, you're in your 20s. Who cares? Exactly. And, but all the times, yeah, I mean, it was the amenities in Toronto were um, paid for. So you just kind of show up and pay the, the rent. But rent was crazy in, in Toronto. Like yeah. you get a shoebox, a shoebox of a place. Yeah. And I'm sure it's in New York. That's why I was curious if it was kind of the same thing. But I Now, uh, now I dumb question here. Does somebody on the team help you your agent help you find a place because as a normal citizen you're not going to go and just rent month to month because nobody's going to do that for you so like you break the lease how does it work they, they, they usually do yeah and you you the team has places where you can go and look and you always have to make sure when you when you sign a lease and say hey listen i play baseball there's a chance i could get sent down in the case that happens um, somebody would have to take over the lease. I don't. I don't know. I think okay. the team sometimes um, the travel the travel secretary is the one that deals with all that kind of stuff. I feel like, right, Josh? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Mike was good. Like Mike Shaw was good with that in Toronto. Yeah. The Mets. The Mets were a little bit different. There was a lady, and I, I I feel bad. I forgot her name because she worked so hard. She was awesome, and she was. <laughs> She was the point person that that we use. It was kind of our own entity because in New York, the hardest part was finding short term short term yeah. rentals. Yeah. We could not. I mean, people would not do month to month. You'd really have to lock yourself into something like six months and just bite the bullet. Damn. In, in thirteen, well, listen to this. In thirteen, when I got sent down in camp, I, I thought I was an established guy. I thought things were going to turn around for me. I got the apartment quick, like early. In spring, I got my apartment, and next thing you know, I'm optioned down to Buffalo. But, um, like I was like, man, really? well, I don't want to break. The, I don't want to break that that lease, and I just kept the apartment. I was paying rent, and nobody was living there. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. 
Ricky, do you remember? I, I say this was one of my favorite stories because in Buffalo, I was on the first, that was my first year of like making some decent money in the big yeah. leagues. Yeah. And in Buff in Buffalo, I went to, I was looking at different places and there was a, there was a big like build, there was a big building right on the water. And uh, some hockey guy just moved out at, of the penthouse. So the lady says, hey, I can do the penthouse. I'm thinking, geez, how much is this going to cost me? Yeah, we'll do it for uh, 1200 a month, and then you just got to rent your furniture. I paid $1,500 a month, and I had a freaking palace, <laughs> like three, like 360-degree glass all around. It was cool. I said, wow, they, they don't get too cozy here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. And somebody, uh, Ruben Polanco says, but the exchange rate on the U.S. to Canadian dollar is amazing. It wasn't in 0910. It, yeah. They, they, they care about that you show american money they would be like no no thank mm, you yeah no, yep. thank you because at the time the dollar was really really low so they were like now you show american money they'll take it in a heartbeat but at the time yeah the american dollar was worth shit so they wanted canadian money they want that canadian money that's good stories right there good stories man. yeah yeah continue to roll yeah. I, th ahead, I think yeah the, the, the bubble guy i mean i mean we saw Sucks. it even when when you when you were established and you you feel bad like because you know it's like stressful and 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 you see those guys like I said I went through it in 09 and it was like man am I gonna be there even when you get called in you're like shoot like Cito Gaston sat me down and was like all right you did a you know you started off slow but you did a great job at the end and you're just waiting the whole time for the you know yeah. We're, we're gonna send you down. We're gonna option you down, and you, you'll be the first guy up. That's what I was waiting for. And then he's like, "Congratulations, you made the team." And I was like, "Holy shit!" You just—I just, just kind of put my head down and started tearing up. And um, it was like, when when it's the first time ever, and that's the way they do it. I feel like it's there's nothing like it. It's just one of those things where I I couldn't sleep, man. Like I was like, I don't really care if the truck left already. I'll. I'll get these bags somehow, some way. <laughs> like I'll find a way. If my dad, if my dad has to come all the way over here and drive my car up to Toronto, I'm guarantee you the chief would do it. And um, luckily, you know, obviously they help you and and they made it easier for me uh, when I when I when I made the team. But it, like I said, it, it it's 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 a cool spot to be in if you're a young kid that's never been there. It sucks for a veteran guy that doesn't know where he's gonna go. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I love hearing these stories just because they're the stuff that the fans don't get normally. You can go and listen to any other baseball podcast, and they're going to break down whatever it is, all that other stuff. And But when are you going to hear about totally living in a penthouse sweet 360-degree view in Buffalo, bro? And then, That's and, right. <laughs> hey, and he said he, – he, it's funny because when he was the one that got optioned down and he was in the middle of a contract making good money, and this is <laughs> – <laughs> when, I got, when I got sent down, he was like, well, my job is done here. You're the highest breadwinner, so it's on you to make sure I spread the nice and, and uh, everything else is good. Drinks are on you. And, again, that, that team in Buffalo, we had some good stories. We had some great yeah. times, and I think we made it um, we made it fun for, for everyone that, that came up through, through, that, through that team. Again, it was a team full of veterans with some young prospects and – I think the organization at the time did a good job of, of making sure that, hey, we know these guys are going to take care of business on the field and make sure they take care of these guys off the field. And I think we left a lasting impression for sure to the Pilars, to the Ryan Goins, to 
um, the Aaron Sanchez of the world, all those guys, you know, were were pretty pretty uh, pretty cool. The, the the guys that came up and that you're seeing now in the big leagues be successful. Yeah, uh, real cool. Always good going down memory lane and hearing those kind of stories. Now it's 2021. Uh, this is a baseball podcast, and we're gonna give you some baseball talk here of current stuff that's going on. Uh, got the 2021 World Series odds. Now we're not gonna go and do like. Oh, the breakdown. Who's going to win the NL Central? Because I don't even know who's in the NL Central anymore. Like, Or the the West, whatever it is. But we got a guy on the West Coast, got a guy on the East Coast, guys that know what's going on. World Series odds. Tolly, I'm going to ask you this. This is according to Vegas Insider. There are five teams that are you could say would be the favorites. Can you guess them? Five teams that would be the favorites. Okay. Yeah, the best uh, Do- Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah. Dodgers in. Um, let's say. I'm I, I'm going to say Mets. Uh, the Mets are. Yeah, they're there. Wow. Um, Padres. Padres are there. That's, That's three. three. Um. I'm going to say the Yankees. I'm going Yankees, to say the Yankees four. Even, though, even though I have a different opinion. Um, I'm, I'm going to uh, – let's see, boy. I'm gonna, it's either got to be the Cardinals or the White Sox. The White um, Sox. Totally got them. Yeah, all right. Totally all right. got them. Yeah. All right. So according yeah. to Vegas Insider, um, Dodgers are your favorite at 7-2. to uh, Then the Yankees. Then the White Sox. Then the Padres and the Braves. And Mets are tied at uh, 10 to 1 odds. So those five teams are what Vegas considers. The Padres, Rick, I mean, how about us now? I know our, our friend Anthony from Southern California loves to go to SeaWorld and check out his Padres and Tatis jersey. Um, but, wow, what a turnaround <laughs> for them, right? It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you they added some good pieces. And you get uh, Snell, you get you Darvish. Um, they add to that rotation – it's it's gonna be the West is gonna be really really fun between those two. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be a battle. Um, obviously a team to look out for. Obviously the Mets too. They're gonna be legit. They have the best pitcher in baseball in my in my eyes. You know, and Jacob Degrom. He has proven it uh, year in and year out. Um, but you you have to have, again. I think that the key for all these teams and it is every year. It's gonna be health and coming off a season where it was really really short half. It was half a season. I think depth is going to be key. The Dodgers have that. Um, we we saw yesterday um, they have David Price in the bullpen, Don in the bullpen. All those guys can be starters in, in, on any other team. So depth, I think this year is going to be key for the simple fact that it was a short season last year. Um, it's going to be really fun. I'm excited, but I think once that that half se- that half point hits, I think everyone that's where you're going to see what team hits their stride. And, and kind of and takes it from there. Totally. Well, why don't, I, I, you don't I like think, the Yankees? No, no. I, I I like the Yankees. I mean, I no. I mean, I as far as favorites I, like that. Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to win the East. I, I think they're going to win the East is what makes them the favorite. I don't know that the Blue Jays pitching. There's enough depth with the Blue Jays pitching um, to overcome that. And I don't think there's anybody else in the East that can compete. Um, so I, I don't. I, I do not doubt that. I just don't. I, I think this could be an early exit for for them Ooh. again in the postseason. Uh, they, again, the injury the injury bug got them. 
you're you're looking at a situation. Clark Smith got hurt again. Who's another? Who's a prospect? But he, he's somebody I, I'm certain they were going to lean on. They don't go out and re-sign Tanaka. There's a lot of uh, they don't re-sign Paxton. I mean, I I, I just think with with the Yankees, it becomes, uh, I mean, Hey, if they score, if they score 10 a night, I, I don't think we're even having this conversation. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do not disagree with Ricky whatsoever. I think the, the injury piece with the shortened season leading into 162 is, is something to keep an eye on, but I am intrigued to see how teams are going to handle this starting rotations, innings limits. You're going to see it, you're, it's going to bother you. If, if anybody plays fantasy baseball, you are going to be so chaffed for the first two months when guys are not getting out of the third or fourth inning because of their baby and these guys. And, and just watch. I, I believe it's going to happen. Mm, yeah, and, and I think and I think the I, obviously to me, I the the team to look out for in the American League is the Chicago White Sox. They've added pieces here and there, and they they had a big player get hurt last week, I believe. Eloy right? Eloy Jimenez just got hurt. He's out for yeah, the season. So, so that, that kind of hurts them a little bit, but they're the obviously the team that everyone's hyping up. I still like the Blue Jays uh, being young. Um, they got a little bit of taste of it last year, but I think it's going to come down to experience with them in depth, like like Josh said. Um, in the National League, I mean, how, how can you bet against the Dodgers winning the National League? You can't. Uh, you can't. You have David you, Price in the bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> an expensive reliever. You know, Dodger fans yeah. are expecting them to go 160 and two, and then sweep everybody in the playoffs. Um, which, I mean, they could. They could get going. That's interesting. Now, who do you guys think are the bottom three teams? Actually, no, the bottom two teams. Baltimore. The, the worst odds. Give me Pittsburgh two. Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Ricky. Baltimore. Yeah. Who? Pittsburgh. Actually, the Rangers and Pittsburgh. The really? Rangers have the worst odds at two hundred to one to win the World Series. Baltimore is not on there. Baltimore is a hundred to one. The Rangers a hundred and fifty to one. So the the worst odds to win the World Series, according to Vegas Insider, the Rangers at one fifty and Pittsburgh. So right now, Josh, let me ask you this: Who who? What's a team that nobody's talking about that you think can make a run? Right I think. Um, I mean, I, I watch out for the Cardinals. I don't know if people are talking about them. I know. I know around here nobody talks one. about them. Twenty-two to do, one. Do, do not sleep on that team. That Nolan Arenado is a game changer. Paul Goldsmith's a game changer. They they have enough pitching. They, they, I, I think they'll be okay. And I mean, unless Milwaukee uh, finds a finds a spark, I, I think Milwaukee could be the other team coming out of the Central. How could I forget the Atlanta Braves too? I mean, you can't forget about that team. That team is yep. nasty. Hey, is that kid coming back, Soraka? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Not, not at the beginning of the year though. Okay. But I, I mean, the Braves. I feel like they've been on the cusp, yep. and they just can't get. I mean, they can't get over the Dodgers. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. So, let me give you guys a couple of the numbers. The Blue Jays are twenty-two to one. A's twenty-five to one, along with Tampa. Uh, Red Sox fifty to one. Uh, it's like, what have you done for me? Uh, Anthony's Angels forty to one. The Brewers are fifty to one, uh, and the Giants eighty to one. So yeah, the bottom tier would be Baltimore, Colorado, Detroit, Kansas City, Seattle. All a hundred. I, I like I like Josh's with the Cardinals. I feel yeah. like not very many teams or not very not very many people are 
talking about them, but they did add one of the best third baseman in the game, or if not top two with Matt Chapman there. But um, yeah, they, I mean, you you still have Yadier Molina behind the plate too, man. He's a heck of a leader, and he can still do it. And Adam Wainwright, those those guys matter, and there's a reason why yeah. they brought them. They matter yeah. to that house. They matter to that team. They might Adam Wainwright might not be the ninety seven ninety eight guy, but those veteran guys matter. And I think there's a reason why they brought him back. And that's there's a reason why I think, too, the St. Louis Cardinals are probably going to be there at the end fighting for that. I do, too. Playoff spot or being in that playoff. And uh, as the season progresses, we're going to talk to downtown Marty Brown, who lives in Missouri or Missouri, so we can get his update on the Cardinals and what's going on with them. Now, that's Major League Baseball. Ricky, last week we had a big game in Southern California. The debut of one Sebastian Romero. <laughs> young Seabass, young who is a foot taller than everybody else, oh. is mashing, but he forgot something, Rick. He forgot to run in first base. <laughs> he he admired your picture, Rick. He's sorry. <laughs> he admired it a little too long. Yeah, I mean, it was fun, man. It, it was their first game this Saturday. They still don't have uniforms, which is weird to me in Hermosa Beach. Again. Pretty weird. I'm surprised but you're there. I thought your I thought your other house in Malibu would have it. Right? <laughs> but you know, I see other I see other leagues starting, and they're they're in full union already. And I'm like, how 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 did how did this city drop the ball? But yeah. whatever, that's a conversation for another day. Um, they the, the team did good. Um, you know, the, the hitting was solid, one through eight. Um, you know, we're still learning how to run the bases. We're still learning how to throw the ball. But, uh, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, they're there at the end fighting for that playoff spot. <laughs> Ricky, how frustrating is it for you to, like, like it's funny, hey. but at the same time, you're like, go, hey, it, just run. It was, it, was, it was three innings. In the third inning, our, there were, we have eight, eight kids on our, on our team. About six of them were all playing with dirt, making little <laughs> – Nonsense on the dirt. Uh, the first baseman was probably looking the other way. Um, and yeah, I'm just like sitting there as a coach, just, hey, everybody get in ready position. Let's go. Like we talked about, it, and they're looking at me like, huh? Get control like, of your team, Ricky. Tolly, Tolly's just laughing right now. Tolly, you know this. You know this. Girl. I know this. I deal with it every Saturday and Sunday. Oh, you're coaching uh, too? No, I just help out with my son's nine new travel team. But my oh. goodness, it's the oh, same yeah. thing, Ricky. I mean, wait, these kids are nine. I mean, you're dealing with what? Six years old? Seven year olds? Five. Uh, five. Okay, right. I, I'm doing it with the nine year olds. So, uh, so brace yourself. It, you got a long way before you can really skipper that team. Yeah. See, but yeah, totally, totally. yeah. No, this this one's more just. It's it, it's fun. It was fun for me. It was it it, it it's just hey. They're gonna lose their. You just gotta know they're gonna lose their their attention span. And my dad's always like, "Hey, did Sebastian learn how to play catch shit?" And I'm like, "Dude, he's he's not me, man. Like, I was addicted to it." And and he's just like, Sebastian's like, "Daddy, I just want to hit. I just want to hit." Yeah, I'm like, dude, yeah, DH. He's, he's, DH. he's whatever, uh, dude. His buddy is David Ortiz. That's his buddy right there. So he just wants I to love it. His other friend is uh, Albert Pujo. So he's like those guys. <laughs> he just loves to hit. There's no need. To, he doesn't even. Sebastian doesn't even own a glove. He just wants to hit, bro. He's Jim Tomei. He just wants to hit, and he just wants—he just wants to just 
snacks. Snacks were the best part of the the, the day. Honestly, the yeah. snacks. Somebody brought uh, um, our head, our manager's wife brought snacks. He, they were nice enough to, to provide the snacks for the first day, and somehow my little two year old found himself in the dugout, <laughs> broke all COVID nineteen protocols, sat down next to it, next to his brother, um, had an applesauce in his hand, and um, you know, dipping into uh, somebody else's popcorn, just eating popcorn like nonchalant. Too, I'm looking at him like, bro, what? The- <laughs> what is going I love on? it. That's it, man. I love it. You guys went from uh, what's going on the last day of spring training to a five-year-old and the popcorn and the snacks are all that really matters right there. The the post-game spread doesn't change from T-ball to the big leagues. It doesn't change at all. And Tony, you got travel ball. You got travel ball on your hands. So we're going to get into those conversations. I didn't know your boy's travel ball. So that's a whole other world because my daughter just started. That's a whole different world. She just started the club soccer world. So, oh, man, that's a different world for me too. Now, Tony, if you know this about Ricky, Sebastian, his young son, is a big, big kid. He is just massive. And he's so strong. Great kid. That kid is going to be hitting bombs soon i keep telling him and his wife that he's going to be a six seven tight end and they say no he's giancarlo stanton that's what he's going to be he's going to be a a mexican god that's what he is i like that yeah no he's a big kid hey just let him keep hitting ricky if you need some hitting tips just give me a call not that i ever hit not that i ever hit but the best one is diego the two-year-old man he he sets up the tee by himself and he swings left-handed i have not like touched him i have not told him about where to he swings left-handed, dude. I'm so pumped that he that he's doing that. I hope he's there. <laughs> like my my dream, honestly, is, is for them to not even be pitchers. I don't care if they pitch or not. I want to see them like play shortstop or like play it like a big position like that, where like center field, where they're running stuff down, or a shortstop that takes control of the field. Like I want to see that kind of leadership in them. And yeah. I look at like Roy Seager, for example, and I'm like, damn, like that's who I want like my sons to be like, like. Patrol the shit out of the shortstop position and rake. That's it. Rake. rake. All that matters. Cool. Yeah, rake, rake is right. There it is. Yeah. Now, pitching, um, pitching's cool, but yeah. I want to see them play every day. As uh, some uh, somebody in the Scott Boris office once told me, when you play every day, we can get you more money. Uh, and he knows who he is. He's watching us right now. Don't don't even act like you don't know. Oh, you, you know who he is, Rick, our spy. True. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He said just – Play every day. We'll get you money. That's why. Anyways, we'll talk about another story about other days. Now, uh, final thing. On the Instagram, if you guys saw it today, uh, let's go Ricky Roll. You saw that we have a graphic. Shout out to Marcos Favela, a listener in Las Vegas, uh, who taught himself how to do graphic design. So he's been helping out. He's like, hey, what do you think about this design? So if you saw it, I posted it on Instagram. Let me show you guys right here. Uh, Real cool. You know. He's getting creative with it. I like it. This is a rough draft that we're showing on the Instagram, on the YouTube right now. I get you, Marco. And we've gone back and forth about what I like. So you see Tolly's name is included now. My name is there. Uh, we're going to get rid of the word it says YouTube search method. Ran. Also, but he got our pictures and made it kind of cartoonish. Real cool. Ricky, if you see your face has a weird little look on your mouth, that's actually from a picture of you on the mound. Totally smooth because that's from your baseball card. Uh, Ricky, we're going to get you a new picture. Marco's going to work on it. I don't like the way your face looks too much like that. So we're going to figure it out. But if you see me, that's my headshot. And uh, he made me about 15 years younger. 
a lot of airbrush. Uh, do like it though, you know. I have ex extra Botox on this one, so we are working on extra Botox. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all HGH ready to go, totally. So the picture's there. Thank you, Marco Favello. Appreciate you as always. But um, of course, our group chat are a bunch of savages, and they decided that Beto picture looks like uh, they said uh, airbrushed too much, and they said I look like the painting at a Mexican restaurant. And here they are. Our good friend Chatone decided to put me up in a Mexican restaurant. I love that. That's my favorite. <laughs> so if That's you, my favorite. If oh, you've man. ever hey. been to a Mexican restaurant and you see they have a bunch of murals of like Mexican legends, I have now been photoshopped into this. So damn you, Chatone. <laughs> hey. hey, Josh, if you're in our group chat, nothing can happen. Like, these guys are so quick to turn something into something else. Like, quick. Quick. Like, you you can't get away with anything or whatever it is. I, I appreciate the banter. I appreciate the banter. Oh, yeah. dude, it's crazy. It's it's good banter, too. And, like, this, like, literally, as soon as Beto put up this picture, this they did this, like, literally five minutes later. Yeah. How literally. do they do that? Because they have nothing else to do. <laughs> exactly, dude. It's... They, they, <laughs> Anthony of Orange County is really good at doing yeah. stuff like that. But here's like the thing. Really I purposely put it on the Instagram story so it wouldn't get that many views because I don't want to put it on the feed because I'm not too happy with the picture. These fools found it within 20 seconds, and here you go. I am now on a Mexican restaurant wall being immortalized <laughs> forever. So we are doing it. that. We are doing that, man. But um, I know you guys got to get going. I got to go get my second vaccine. So uh, there will be no promo today. Uh, but it is on iTunes and on Spotify. And one more time, uh, Ricky, whose birthday was it in Toronto? Marnie Starkman. There you go. My girl. Yeah. Toronto, you, Toronto legend. She, yeah, Josh knows who she is. She is yeah. a legend. And today is her birthday. And hope wish her the best. Hope she has a great day. Same with uh, Mateo Duran, 16 years old. He's a man now. Driving. Yeah, you know, I, I, I made him take a picture this morning. I'm like, look, you got to take the damn picture, bro. So I sent it to the how, how long have I known you already, Beto? For about, what? Uh, uh, almost 10 years. 10 years. Almost so I met him years. when he was like six, seven years old, dude. Yeah. This kid is like almost as tall. Maybe taller than me already. Yeah, he's six and, foot. Uh, he's, he trash talking with Ricky. A good kid. Real good kid. Uh, I won't good tell him kid. That. And um, Diego, two years old, on his way to 16 here within the next month or so um he already talking back uh, like <laughs> one reason every time i say don't do that he goes Pfft. like and i'm like where yeah. where did where did they, where did you learn this at or he'll try to grab the whatever he sees in his sight and he'll try to throw it at you he's saying no to me no no i'm like hey dude happy birthday and he goes no <laughs> so, all right all right then no, no happy birthdays for you <laughs> <laughs> Tony, what do you got going on this week what's, what's the update on the uh, farm no, I mean, hey, after after I hang this up, I'll be right back on the roof, boys. <laughs> Let's go. This, hey, and then I'll, be plowing, I'll be plowing snow on Thursday. This wow. week, honestly, tomorrow should be fun. Like I said, I, I 11.35 for my SoCal people, for my L.A. people, if they want to check me out on the news or after the news. 11 wait, 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 wait. I thought it was April 1st. Oh, Thursday, Thursday. My bad. I'm jumping a day ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday. Wow. Thursday. My guy's fired up and ready to go. Yeah, man. I got my suit ready. I got my tie ready. I got my shirt ready. I, I'm, I'm ready to roll. The only thing I, whew, 
it's going to be a long night. I'm usually in bed by like nine o'clock. So hopefully I'm not half asleep at 11.35 p.m. Um, as we know, opening day is on Thursday. Next week's episode should be pretty fun. We'll get to dig into a little bit of that about our opening day stories. Yeah. It's yeah. it's always there's there's no feeling like it. Obviously, we're in different times right now where it's not sold out stadium. So that should be a little different. Yeah. But the fact that we get baseball back for the next I don't know what eight months. It's gonna be fun, and uh, it should be fun getting to dig into that kind of stuff with you guys. So, I'm looking forward to the start of the year, and it should be it should be cool. All right, so that's it, Tully. Any last words? Hey, I'm I'm gonna stay awake to watch Ricky on the TV. Okay, on oh. Friday. <laughs> okay, I, dude, you you'd probably be having a cup of coffee by yeah. three in the morning. Wait, it's three in the morning on a Thursday. Two forty-five. Don't you have Might to go get no. You Might go, be getting home from frat night about then. Nah, totally. You, you got to go like milk the cows or something on your farm. The only no, thing, not not on Friday morning. Friday mornings are my mornings. The only thing that I'm wor- like not worried about, but we're getting close. We might not make it to 40 weeks with my with Cara, my wife, um, and our baby that's due. I'm worried that when I'm doing this show, because thank Things tend to happen every time you happen to leave the house for a little bit, Josh. You know this. Like yeah. something always happens when you leave for an hour, two hours, whether it's like the water won't stop running. Hey, something happened. The drainage is some something dumb happens. Well, this is obviously not dumb, but I'm worried that in the middle of the show, like she might say, Hey, I need you home. Well, honey, I can't leave. But I'll see you there. Just hold it in for uh, you know, an hour, whatever oh, it is. Oh man, I'm a little worried, man. I, I am a little. <laughs> totally, if, totally. If we start yeah. a pool on uh, when the baby's gonna be born, do you want in? Yeah, of course I'm in. <laughs> Anything to do with yeah, hundred uh, percent. Totally, I'm gonna start a master's pool. You want in? I want in. Okay, totally. I'm gonna start. Uh, when does Ace of SoCal propose? You want in? Yeah, man. <laughs> Oh, he definitely fits in the in the group chat. Then, oh, totally. If you had March Madness, March Madness has is oh. been crazy in our group chat, and and we Beto kicked out a <laughs> Ace out of the betting because uh, we were like all put pitch in like certain money, and then like and then Ace was started going against us, and 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 Beto kicked them out of the the the. the the betting, so yeah. Ace is going against us in every bet, and yeah. it's pretty funny. Our hedge fund. Yeah. By the way, we golf yesterday. Yes, Razo did pave me after me beating him on the Valdez Berchet fight. Um, oh! He's the one that taunted me. I did not want to. I I already had set my bet online. He's the one that texted me talking shit, saying, "Hey, I'll take Berchet. Who you want Valdez for a hundred? I said I got to roll with my guy, yo, Oscar. Ended up beating him. He finally paid me yesterday. He paid his debt. I'm sure I'll be seeing him in the near future again for another bet. I'm sure he wants his 100 back, so we'll see. And, yeah, he did pay me, though. Yeah, Tully is learning about all these characters in our world, yeah. and he is fascinated by them. Yeah, because I'm, if, I'm, I'm stunned. If, if Tully had cell phone service, he would be in the group chat. Because I do. I, I, I have enough. You, you can you can throw me in the group chat. No, and, uh, you're not ready. Yeah, you can. You're, I'm ready. Are you kidding I, I me? Don't, I don't, I don't, I'm no. telling you, you'll wake up to like 150 messages. Literally. Yeah, that's Oh, yeah, because we're off hours. But then I get to text you guys at like 2 in the morning oh, your no. time when I'm up having coffee. No, so Nabia's in Florida, and he's like sends his messages at 6 in the morning. Uh, so yeah. 
It's on What's Up. You gotta have What's Up because you played in Venezuela. Uh, yeah, I did actually. Actually, yeah, it's, I don't know. Oh, WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, WhatsApp. 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 What? Yeah, yeah. Dude, are we gonna include Tolly in the group chat? If that's just, the case, just wait. Just let, hey, let me let me earn my keeps. No, we let me earn my keep for a while. Let no, me no, earn no. my keep for a while. It's all right, man. No, you're no, you're awesome. I'm just wondering because your wife is gonna say, "What the f is going on? Why are you oh, laughing dude. all this? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, like, who uh, Cara, are these Cara, people?" Cara's always like, "Why?" She's like. Oh my God! It's your group chat again, huh? You guys, you guys are idiots. And then it just goes all night. I know. Yeah. I know. All night we just talk about the most random things. We after send after three kids. Things. After three kids, Ricky, you may be out of the group chat. <laughs> well, I'll just you know what, you know what I do. As soon as I go to bed, as soon as I go to bed, I shut off my phone. Like it goes on airplane mode. Soon as yeah. that happens, so I wake up sometimes. So yeah, to like forty messages, and you're trying to catch up, or sometimes you just scroll all the way down and you say, "F the conversation." I really don't care what they talk <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah, you guys suck. <laughs> Wait, you know what? Totally, is it gonna understand? Because in what's up, you can send like these memes and different gifs and all this other stuff. Some of the pictures there are, like, like right there, that little Mexican picture of me is now gonna be part of the group chat. It's gonna be sent back and forth. I, I, I think we gotta give Totally like a, a week. Like trial run, see if he wants to hang out with us. Yeah, that's fine. I love a good group chat. Oh man, we'll do it. So next week we'll update you on opening day, Ricky's TV debut. Find out how much makeup he got put on at Channel Five. Um, mm. What's going on with that? I'll update on Tolly's farm. Uh, see how much snow he's shoveling and all that other good stuff. So make sure you guys rate, review, subscribe. Another good episode. Uh, appreciate you, Josh Tolly. Uh, go back to um, no service anywhere. We will add you to the group chat. We'll talk to you in three days, maybe. Uh, Ricky, hopefully your wife doesn't have a baby this week. And um, Well, hopefully we do. We got to get to set up the the baby pool, though. So we got to get that going ASAP. I don't know if it's going to be you or Marco. Marco's the one that usually handles the money. So, um, yeah, let's let's do it. I'm sure Rosal's in on that, too. Uh, We might end up with, like, 10 people in this in this baby pool. So he says he owes you five bucks, but he's not paying you because you cheat in golf. You you putt and then you give yourself your five foot putt and automatically call it a bogey. Um, it's automatic, I, don't know. Bro. I, think I believe Razo. So if hey. you're going to golf with Beto, make sure he putts out. All right, Josh. Five feet. Five feet to give me there. Totally. It's, a, it's automatic. I don't, I don't like making these people feel bad. Like I'm like a month away from, you know, when Ricky goes on maternity leave, I'm going to be better than him in golf. Guaranteed. Those two months of him not playing own him. All right, guys, we'll see you yeah. next week. I'll, I'm Adios, two on the course. Good job, boys. Adios, yeah. mijo. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, everybody.